Hello once again, this is Victor Bonacci. Welcome to another Agile Coffee podcast. We're happy to have you. This is episode 11. And a reminder that the Agile Open for Southern California will be on September 11th and 12th at the University of California, Irvine campus. Look us up there. In the meantime, sit back, relax, and we'll serve you up a fresh brew. Agile Coffee. And welcome back to Agile Coffee. This is episode 11. With me today, I have John Jorgensen. Hey, good to be back. It's just been too long. John can be reached on Twitter at WaterScrumbon. And Brett Palmer. Hi, everyone. So Brett can be reached on Twitter at Brett underscore Palmer. My name is Vic Bonacci, and I can be reached at Agile Coffee. This is a, another episode of Agile Coffee where we follow the lean coffee rules. We've got some cards written out already. All right, so now we've got our sorted list. Our first topic today is Ice Bucket Challenge. As with any topic, we're going to give it five minutes. After five minutes, we'll do a Roman vote to uh, thumbs up to extend it another three minutes or so. Thumbs down to kill it, and just thumbs even says I'll do with uh, what the tribe votes. So Ice Bucket Challenge. So for anyone who's been following the Ice Bucket Challenge, uh, it's to raise awareness for ALS, or Lou Gehrig's disease. And um, one thing you can say about it is it makes it cool for people to learn about and help end ALS. And when I say cool, I mean in the most literal (laughs) sense because you're dumping a bucket of ice over your head. Uh, It's a fun, fresh way to get your friends and peers engaged with you on social media. So... um, so John and I both uh, took the challenge. John, who did you challenge? So I challenged Dave Gray, Kate McGaw, Roger Brown, Scott Dunn, and Alan Daly. Great. Yeah, within the Agile community, I challenged Carlton Nettleton, Brian Beecham, and Chris Sims. Uh, so far of those three that I've challenged, Brian Beecham has replied and said that he's, he's grateful and he will be taking, he's accepting the challenge and he'll be doing something. So I'm looking forward to that. Nice. But what's really wonderful is it shows a powerful example of how social media can rally people around a cause. Uh, in this case, Lou Gehrig's disease, raising awareness for it, and then raising money to, to go toward the cure. Right. And just let's just be grateful that it's actually just ice and not boiling right. hot, scalding water. <laughs> no, gosh, I hate it when that happens. Yeah, the, <laughs> the boiling hot, scalding water challenge would not go too When <laughs> it goes viral. Yeah. Right. That, <clears throat> Right, but it's uh, it's been amazing. So it's been going on for at least three weeks, mm-hmm. and uh, every day I see that they've raised, they've created, they've set more records in the money that they've raised, which is uh, which is quite amazing. I think um, when we were talking about the ice challenge, you were talking about um, public relations in general. Yeah, I mean, this is something that I think is an interesting lesson in just like self organization and social currency, which is it's really quite a compliment to have somebody challenge you to to do this. Because obviously, you know, you have a personal brand that people recognize and that draws greater attention, you know, to the cause via, you know, your personal brand. And, you know, this much like, you know, a, a pay pay it forward kind of concept does. It it brings together entire communities, and that was what was interesting to me was that agile as a community is generally very strongly tied to social causes, and that you know by kind of harnessing the interconnectedness 
and just the will to do good in the world, um, this could go viral um, very on a very large scale very quickly. Yeah, and like nothing I've seen before yet on Twitter, um, seeing this this cause take off in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, amazing. I haven't seen too many other agile entities in the play here. I saw. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think. There was only Solutions IQ challenged somebody. Yeah. Do you recall who that was? I don't. Um, but only a handful of challenges so far. So you know, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, how many other people want to get wet and cold for a good cause? Well, my hopes are high. I mean, that's yeah. really it. It's like I see people paying it forward all the time in agile. Um, and so this, I would expect, would be quite popular. And, yeah, why not? Like, you know, um, send it, send those challenges on to people that are very high profile, that, you know, would likely take the challenge and um, continue the chain and get a little bit of recognition for, you know, the good things that they're always doing in the world. So as we wrap up this topic, I just want to reach out to the listeners and let them know that they could visit our website, agilecoffee.com slash episode 11, that's the number 11, uh, and see links to both John's challenge video oh and my own challenge video. <laughs> and hopefully there will be links to not, others that of uh, other people who are participating with us. Not the most flattering, yeah. <laughs> as well as a link how you can get involved with the, um, the challenge and the cause yourself and donate money. Oh, yeah, and I see that version one actually did challenge uh, C-Prime and uh, oh, Solutions nice. IQ. So it's... Uh, enterprises it, challenging enterprises. Prices. Yeah, cool. it's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Larger groups, faster viral spread. The next topic we have up today is the idea of a pre-book review. And by that, I mean uh, the Crown Publishing Group sent us one copy of uh, Jeff Sutherland's newest book, Scrum, The Art of Doing Twice the Work in half the time. Uh, again, with the intention of having us um, you know, read the book, give them some feedback, as well as maybe hosting some kind of an event where we could uh, raffle off other copies of the book, talk about the book, um, maybe even have Jeff record a video for us to play at the event. That would be awesome. I want to see the video. Yeah. But you know, a full-blown retro would be totally cool. Like mm-hmm. What went well, what went not so well, what we want to change. And I'd love to hear from our listening audience, quite frankly, because, you know, I have my opinions, but uh, I don't think that I have the last word on the matter and certainly safety in numbers. So I'd like to have other people backing up some kind of an opinion. And then, my gosh, like Jeff might even listen. Jeff (laughs) might even change. You know, he's probably iterating. So this would be cool, I think, to get everybody involved in. This book, I have to say, I'm only on chapter two, but uh, it's imminently readable. Um, they go on to say that you know every element of the framework of Scrum is there for a reason, and Jeff wrote this book because he realized so many people were just blindly following the rules of Scrum. Right. So this book is not a textbook. It's not a dry, here's how to do Scrum. Yeah, and this this book is just, uh, it's a masterpiece. It's an instant yeah, classic. Absolutely. It really is, yeah. It, it's truly... So, so kudos, kudos to Jeff. Absolutely, and you know, this might be the book that kind of takes Scrum beyond IT. That this would be is, awesome. That's really what the next step is. Absolutely, in the evolution. Mm-hmm. And, and this is why I think, you know, everybody from every walk of life in scrum and agile should should chime in you know if you're a cst or you're a pst or Or you're you're spc or you're an ic agile trainer folks who have been walking or or even aci 
Yeah, somebody from ACI that you know has right. obviously been doing the agile thing and training coaches right. themselves. I would love to hear everybody's opinion on this. Reach should, out to yeah. us using the hashtag Tell Agile Coffee or the Ask Agile Coffee. Try to get into this dialogue before we have our official meeting on the topic where we should probably give out some books. What do you guys think? Let's give them away. Give them away, yes. So um, sometime in the fall, October or November, follow us on Twitter at Agile Coffee and find out when we plan to have the um, the discussion. So, yeah. so one proviso is that you, you have to contact us to get the book. And you have or to, show up yeah, or to show one up. of our Agile Coffee you know, recordings or, or coffee meetings. Yeah, and there's a commitment, right? So there's a mutual accountability that when we have our event that you chime in on what you liked, maybe what you didn't like, what you would change. So everybody benefits. Everybody wins because we're getting real feedback for Jeff, not just our own personal right. opinions. You know, it, it's funny. You were... Um, you're going to ask me about SEUs. Right. So when we do meet and right. we have our um, non-recording sessions, uh, we do provide SEUs because we are an officially recognized uh, group, Scrum group, from Scrum Alliance. So we can... Um, I mean, is that uh, not awesome or what, guys? So, right. And you don't have to pay us a dime just by showing up and, and participating. And when get we get sponsors from, from companies, you know, then we'll be able to give out free pizza. That would be nice, wouldn't it? Well, maybe non-pizzas. Or non-pizzas. Real, real lunches or dinners mm-hmm. or whatever it is we're doing. moving on up in the world. So, um, cool. I mean, this, this book came like two weeks ago to our, our office here. And um, I've been reading Joy, Inc., uh, the Richard Sheridan book. Go I've also Richard. been rereading uh, the Gene Tabaka Collaboration Explained. Um, and then with if you include other books like Dave Logan's Tribal Leadership or Daniel Pink's Drive, uh, this Scrum book by Jeff Sutherland, The Art of Doing twice the work and half the time, really kind of fits into that <clears throat> panoply, that, that uh, bunch of books. I call it uh, the canon. This is, yeah. this is a canon. Yeah, version. just yeah, that yeah. subset of books uh, kind of talking about the idea of happiness and joy in the workplace and sustainable place and respecting people. Yep. Um, just a pleasure to read, mm-hmm. truly. All right, brings us to our next topic today. Uh, the topic says, walk wall with chairs, no slides. John, what's this all about? So this is about training. You know, I'm really thinking a lot about curriculum at this time, you know, training um, on Scrum. And Sharon Bowman's training from the back of the room is kind of the model that I'm trying to integrate in as much as possible. And I had this idea about... Instead of having any slides, basically writing out large, you know, poster size uh, paper, uh, introducing topics, and in order to get more physical movement going on uh, among the participants of the training, to have people kind of huddle around each individual wall poster. You know, bring a chair if you don't want to stand up, but focus you know one thing at a time both physically and you know mentally on the topic and then move so there's a there's something physiological about you know the encapsulation of the topic and the activity that we do around but there. you have to have a big wall yeah, <laughs> a big training room right. and presumably it starts off in a cabaret style of tables wouldn't, and chairs. wouldn't it be great to have like a like a gallery opening kind of a yes. feel to it right like you're like in a museum, a museum yeah. show wine and on. cheese yeah, why, why not? Yeah. yeah, along the wall, there's little tables there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's kind of the the, the concept that I'm going you can with. Even have Docents being your facilitators, right? Docents, nice. Yeah, like a um, 
dressed up with a little name tag and everything. Yeah, you can provide an audio uh, on the iPad, a track that they can download and move from stage to stage. Not even that, but I went to a museum recently, and actually there was a phone number to call, Uh and then you could get that information right from your phone. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was like a phone number you'd call. You'd punch in the code, like for whatever station you were at, number 43, uh and then you would... The phone call comes and you hear the narration? No, you'd call the phone number. It tells you the number right next to that piece of art. You call that number, punch in the code for that piece of art, and then just listen to it on your phone. It's funny that you you just said station because it reminds me, being Catholic, of like the stations of the cross. Sure. Which is, is, you know, most commonly done during Lent. So, you know, if you're Catholic and uh, things like that. So it could be the stations of Scrum. Right. Possibly, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have 14 of them? (laughs) I could could fit into a 14 stage thing. But yeah, that's that's the idea. And I mean, honestly, uh, there's internally, I've been thinking a lot about... um, non-traditional approaches to training and this is just kind of the first installment i guess you could say um and i'm looking i mean honestly i'm looking for validation is is it too much is it is it out there or is it acceptable to 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 do something like this to, to not distract from the content right i mean it's it's learning about Scrum, applying it to whatever world of work you happen to reside in. I think you'd have to really consider the people that is there. You always want to mm-hmm. train to the, your audience. Mm-hmm. Um, but you'd have to develop the posters in advance. Of course. So, so you'd have to kind of then see, I think, in real time whether or mm-hmm. not you'd want to incorporate mm-hmm. that training you know, um, with with that group of audience. So here's another aspect of what I was thinking about is like you guys know um, there's a lot of technological dependency that we have. If you don't have a projector that works right. or the outlets or something's wrong with your connector to your um, computer. Yeah, if Wi-Fi is down in general. Yeah, mm-hmm. a bunch of points of failure. And this could be like a redundancy, mm-hmm. a backup that if if I run in technological snags and I just say, you know what? Forget it. We're switching over to the, what did you call it? The stages of Scrum? The, the, yeah. Or, or the walk wall. The walk the wall. wall. Yeah. yeah. Then we switch over to walk wall and all the technological mm-hmm. snafus just go away. Right. Um, and maybe that's a strong enough justification. Well, what if your slide deck? What if your slide deck is like 150 slides? Though that would be a lot of posters to bring in. Right. So it would have. It's a very condensed thing. And I actually have the curriculum. Um, it, it is like a. It's all. They're all handwritten slides. Somebody handwrote something with markers, took a picture, mm-hmm. built that into the PDF. What you could do is you could just travel with your own plasma screen, and then just move <laughs> right. it on the wall like every five feet, and that's then just system. change the image that is projecting. <laughs> This is true. I could carry it on my back. Yeah. No, but I, I, I want the physicality of it. Sure. I think that that's part of it without it being overbearing. And in the future, we'll talk about a card where I really do push the envelope on being overbearing. Yeah, overbearingly physical. So that's pretty much it. There's a trend on videos. Um, I've seen it in a, num- a number of places, but one in particular is on a Weird Al Yankovic uh, mm-hmm. video where he has uh, what's, what's an accordion. He has an accordion in so many of them, um, where, you, where you see the artist's hand sketching out. Yeah. Um, it was the Crosby, Stills, and Nash spoof that's on his latest one. I can't think of it right now. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and they're kind of drawing along with what the person is talking about. Um, if you've seen the video that was done from the, the Daniel um, uh, the Drive book, uh, Daniel, mm-hmm. Daniel Pink, Yes, that's um, They did a, a video in that style there, too. And I'm just thinking of a walk wall. You might have 
um, a drawing that's maybe partially started, and yeah. then as you're going through and kind of giving more, filling in the details yep. uh, the with your voice, you can also be adding artwork onto yeah. the, the thing that's on the wall. Well, maybe I could do sentence skeletons, right? More so like the, the key words are all that I have to write in. And so they're thinking about it, right? Or they what you it. could do is you could show up wearing a, just a white undershirt. With uh-huh. a bunch of sharpies, and then as you train something new, write that word on your on your on your shirt. That's very physical. Yeah, you know. Or here, how about this? I, I get I hand the marker to somebody, and then they'll write it on your shirt or on the wall, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, and then you could at the end of the class, uh-huh. then you could raffle off or you know the the shirt so, with all so, the words on it. So this actually mm-hmm. happened when idea when, when mm-hmm. I was being trained um, by Solutions IQ. Uh, for the very first time as a scrum master, they had a lot of these uh, like large printouts on the wall, and you know they want when the training was over, they said, "Hey, uh, anybody take whatever you want." And I actually to this day I still have these wall um, posters of of what they had. It, it, it's just a nice memento. But connecting with the environment it, when the environment is about scrum. And you're there getting trained, and you have physical artifacts. So when are you going to use these? Uh, so I'm, th- yeah, I'm thinking in, in the Scrum Master training that I do in mid-September, like around se- the Saturday and Sunday, which is probably the 13th and 14th, if that sounds correct. Okay. Um, and so it's an experiment, um, but there is some tried and true in that. Um, I'll be using the curriculum from Growing Agile. Um, fantastic stuff that integrates more of. Sharon Bowman's content that I know of uh, in any other curriculum. Yeah. So the 13th and 14th of September yes. is the weekend, and that's right after the SoCal Agile, Agile Open. Open. Correct. Yeah, that's the that's a tentative game plan. Don't hold me to it, but that's the, the goal. Right on. All right, so as you can hear, you should be part of this dialogue with us, right? Use the Please hashtag, do. tell Agile Coffee. Let us know if you've used anything like a walk wall um, something that takes the place of a standard slide deck presentation. Uh, use the hashtag AskAgileCoffee as well. Ask us a question. Maybe uh, there's something that perks your interest and you want to get it out there. Anytime is fine. Let's go on to our next topic then. It says fresh training and book updates. John, this is yours. Yeah, so I heard something interesting yesterday at a gathering of project managers, and it was somebody that was interested in getting training in Agile and Scrum, but was like very focused that it be fresh, it be like the latest and greatest. Um, as you know, this is evolving. Right, but there's a lot. What does that mean? Because okay. because she could be talking about. Um, Scrum Alliance? Are we talking about Scrum.org? Are we talking about Safe 3.0, which just got released like a couple oh weeks gosh, back? Right. Yeah. So, well, I think she was talking about her context was Scrum Alliance, but I, you know, when I heard that, I started thinking in, in a larger sense. And so, what is the shelf life of training? Right? You know, it, in my mind, if you would ask me that point blank, I'd probably say like, "Oh, come on!" Like two, people use the same deck for two or three. Okay. Years, well, right? I just renewed my certifications through Scrum Alliance, so you can say yeah. that that shelf life is the length of the certifications bef- before you have to renew it. That's a good rule you know, of thumb. That's an interesting, you know. And I honestly, I would bet that like every Scrum trainer out there is. Doing continuous improvement on their on their deck and on their every their yeah, every scrum yeah, yeah you'd hope, hope seriously so. like I mean 
even just from the trainer's standpoint, right? Like maybe going stir crazy or cabin fever is like mm-hmm. your biggest enemy. And so you're constantly wanting to do a little tweak here and there. Or maybe not. I don't know. I mean, and that's an where, thing. you know, you have the coaches camps and things yeah. like that for everybody to share knowledge and things that yeah. are constantly coming out. Right. New material, get a new bit, you know, somewhere right. in there. And But it, 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 at the time that... I heard this. I was not in that mindset. I was thinking like, come on, it's, it's, all, it's all frozen in time, right? But, but then I went back and I started going through this curriculum that I bought. And I realized it couldn't be up to date because it was referencing parts of the curriculum that I didn't have. And it was Lean Pub that I had bought. So I went to Lean Pub to look for the newest version and it completely changed. Like there was tons of stuff. Like I would say probably 50% of the content had been updated. And so then this started me thinking about the other lean pubs that I own. And lo and behold, like they were getting Right. Like for too. example, just nine days ago, I got a, um, an email from lean pub um, because they had uh, updated the Di- Diana Larson and her son updated oh, wow. the uh, quick uh, that lean pub called the quick start guide to the five rules of accelerated learning. Oh, wow. So that was the lean pub that mm-hmm. um, that I purchased right before going to the Diana Larson's retrospective training class. Nice. And so she's updating that regularly. So. And so in addition to lean pubs, there's also like Udemy. I got an email from Udemy, a person that was doing some kind of training on project management, let's say. And it was almost like he was speaking to an angry crowd. He's like going, hey, I said that this was going to be an evolving piece, you know, and you're telling me it's incomplete, but I'm, I'm putting stuff into it. And I thought, my goodness. So these courses that I subscribe to are going to be updated and revised. And like I should go back and revisit them from time to time. So my whole concept has changed about training, that it's no longer static. It's right. Dynamic. Now, what would be cool, though, is if you are the you know, Scrum trainer or you're teaching mm-hmm. one of these classes, whether it's Scrum or Kanban or whatever it is, mm-hmm. if you provide your students with a permanent link yes. to that, uh, some, either a Google Doc yep. or something that's not going to change, right. then they can always go regularly to, to that wow. same permanent source yes that same well and and get the latest version that's a powerful concept i hadn't thought of and to to kind of like jump on top of that what if you had version control built into it so you could say like i'm not losing my mind i thought like two years ago i thought you said that it's like this right and you could actually roll Mm -hmm. back through the version history of of that publication that would be cool too that would be cool because it's the same training uh-huh. But it could be a different trainer and different yep. content that's being iterated on. So yeah. now Confluence has anonymous mm-hmm. logins. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious as to whether or not that platform could be leveraged for something that is mm. both version controlled, mm-hmm. but you'd give your students an anonymous login to be mm-hmm. able to, you know. But I would I would imagine for most students, they just want to get me get me the latest version. Probably. They're not really interested. I would guess the minutia, yeah, in the minutia, you know. <laughs> But, but if you wanted to, you could you put could. it on GitHub or something like that, right? That's right. got your version control. Anyways, I agree, though, with your concept, which is, look, pay once, learn forever. Um, yeah. In other words, you know, if you're, if you're going to update your stuff as a trainer, mm-hmm. let me be the recipient of all of those embellishments and enhancements that you do mm-hmm. to, to your curriculum. And I'll get it which through, is really you know, the cool through. concept of LeanPub, mm-hmm. which is really, you know, I like that That's idea, true. you know. Yeah. Um, 
but you know mm-hmm. that's i think that that's the direction i'm going to take is that i will always I'll, I'll make it a lean publication folks who enroll in a course of mine will be able to go to that that publication for free because they've mm-hmm. they've been in the course and always get the newest best greatest that I happen to be offering. Well, I'd love to hear if anyone else uh, out there in the training community has been taking it upon themselves to get their mm-hmm. own training materials updated and uh, kind of posted uh, like this. Whatever technology you may have heard of. Yeah, there might be other platforms so, besides sure. LeanPub. So know, if you are a, uh, a CST, mm-hmm. uh, give us a shout out. Use the hashtag TellAgileCoffee mm-hmm. and let us know how you go about uh, updating your own training materials. And, of course, it doesn't have to be the Scrum Alliance trainings. There's Mm -hmm. a myriad of other trainings out there as well. But, um, yeah, share. Let us know. That'd be great. All right. So the final topic that we have today is a personal favorite of mine. You can see that I'm beaming, that I'm holding and waving (laughs) this this wonderful clipboard of mine all around, which is my new fantasy football team. And nobody loves... It's real. Everyone loves to talk (laughs) about their team, but no one loves to listen to other people talk about the team. So I'm not going to do that. But what I was uh, wanting to share with you guys for uh, Agile Coffee goes to the fact that I've been meeting with this same group of friends uh, Mm -hmm. for four years. They've been meeting longer, but I've got five years of data uh, on everyone's pick and how they've picked. And we're we're not a normal league in that we kind of do different things with our rosters and our scoring rules. So I can't just uh, take this learning and apply it to other leagues uh, generally across the Internet. This really only, uh, the data that I have really only is useful and beneficial to us in my own league. Okay, now listen to what you just said. You said, I've got, you know, almost like I've got velocity points for my team right. over the last four or five years. Right. And it doesn't apply to any other team except my team. Right. I mean, that's what you just said. Sure, yeah, because we are kind of self-organizing. We have our own set of rules and processes exactly. that we go through. Um, but what I've realized today, because today is the the day of the year where you get to draft your team, and it all leads up to sprint drafting zero. your team. Yeah. Right, it is sprint zero. And... Um, and so I've been inspecting and adapting to the way that I've been drafting over the years. And I hope everyone else who's successful does the same thing instead of just going into it willy-nilly without much strategy. They maybe take a step back and see what did they implement last year and, and what strategies did other people implement because the data is there for anyone to use. Here comes the adage, there is only luck where there is not inspect and adapt. I think that should be my new team name. Nice. There's only Andrew Luck. <laughs> oh, is, that, is that a player? You know what? Can I tweet that? Can because because uh, I think that if I tweet that, that would be good. Sure. Yes. It's all yours. Fortune favors the inspected and adapted. Oh, yes. Um, but, I mean, it's, it's a beautiful um, analysis if I could kind of dive in on it. I haven't, but if I could dive in on kind of the game theory aspect of it and try to make any kind of a, a parallel to agile learning games or mm-hmm. um, something like that, I think using the um, kind of the idea of drafting as, as just a great exercise to, to learn from. Um, something I'd like to spend a few more minutes probably giving a little bit more detailed uh, analysis of, but uh, I think that now you've probably heard more than you've ever wanted to know about um, fantasy football. I've probably bored every one of our audience members. But I did want to say that it's just really fun because it's uh, adapting to a new challenge and solving a problem. So actually there's an interesting thing going on right now, and that is that innovation springs from miscommunication. In other words, what I said was 
there is only luck where there is no inspecting a debt, which is to mean you could only be lucky if you succeed without inspecting a debt. It could only be luck. It couldn't mm-hmm. be skill. Mm-hmm. Um, but the good point is like people who say, hey, I make my own luck are people that are probably pretty in- inventive and people that are willing to be flexible, inspect and adapt, mm-hmm. and work really hard. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's what it is. I think when you, when you look at teams, whether it's in football or whether it's in um, software development or anything else, they make their own luck by well, taking their, their, their <clears throat> profession seriously. You, you have to be ready for that opportunity when those opportunities mm-hmm. are, present themselves, kind of like a, mm-hmm. <clears throat> like a window, you know? Yeah. Or, or looking for those opportunities, right? Because right? they, they manifest in the most unobvious of places, which right. is where, where the pain is, where things are not working well. And mm-hmm. being able to just like, you know, time out, like let's huddle and talk about like what's not serving us that we're doing right now and being willing to break from tradition. And that, I mean, that was one of the things that we had in our earlier conversation, Vic, is like you have this impression that football is really conservative. I have that impression. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe that's why I don't follow football. But mm-hmm. um that they are burdened with convention that hasn't been re-examined, hasn't been challenged. And when you've got nothing to lose because you're already losing the game, you might as well throw out convention and do something unexpected. Right. Run an experiment. Yeah, and we were talking just for perspective. uh, Other sports, hockey, basketball, certainly baseball, are very conservative in that they're the rules of the game, how they play the game, have not changed literally over 50, 60, or 100 years. Uh, in some cases, whereas football, it's changing all the time. People are always trying to find out, like you just said, what, how can I gain an edge? My mm-hmm. team might have uh, not as much talent or we're just younger, uh, but we need to find something to give us an edge. And- so, so this presents an interesting opportunity for a coach, right? Like if you're – Moneyball has already – everybody's seen the movie, right? You, know, you use data analytics to basically get an edge in a draft – and take a professional ball club and make it much more profitable than it was. But if it hasn't happened in basketball, if there's a way to start approaching sports from an inspect and adapt standpoint, um, there's a lot of money to be made. And there's like, you know, careers to be changed with that kind of uh, fresh perspective. So when we talk about Agile Beyond IT, maybe sports mm-hmm. is one of the areas where, you know, it could actually get some traction. Great. That about wraps us up for this episode. This is episode 11 of the Agile Coffee podcast. You can go online to agilecoffee.com slash episode 11 and find out anything about these topics that we discussed today. Uh, we did mention the ice bucket challenge. We talked about uh, the, the walk walls, um, fresh training, how to keep trainings updated, as well as uh, fantasy football drafts and lean uh, principles of inspecting and adapting there. So that's it, guys. Thanks for coming. Thank you for having us, Ken. Thanks. And uh, we will get together soon. All right. Coffee.